and welcome to episode five of the Daily MTG Podcast. I'm your host, Trick Chair, here with my two wonderful co-hosts, somewhat patient, somewhat infuriating at times, Tifa Mayan and Michael Robles. How are you guys doing? I mean, I was doing good before that, you know, <laughs> slight backhanded compliment. Well, it wasn't any backhanded. It wasn't towards you. It was towards Mike, who was slowing us down all morning. I know. I know. I took yesterday day off, so I had to come in today and work on a bunch of stuff last minute. And I was like, oh, I got plenty of time. Nope. nope Lots of no meetings time. for podcasts. Yeah. It's a rough life. You get paid to podcast. I know. Are you really complaining about this? No. no. Not at all. All right. I'm good, though. I'm well, actually I'm really good. Yeah. Well, now, you have a guest coming in in a couple of days, right? Or tomorrow yeah. or something? Uh, like yeah, tomorrow. So this by the time this airs, I guess we'll be in. Yeah, the band I Fight Dragons uh, is coming in. They're a, they're a chiptunes band, meaning they use Game Boys and Nintendo, and they hack them to make musical notes. And they are a band that we met over the during the summer for the 2012 Vans Warped Tour. Their lead singer, Brian, is a huge Magic fan. Awesome. They have a show in Seattle tomorrow night. Or that we're going to. That we're going to, which yeah. is going to be awesome. And they're going to come and check out the Watsi office, and Tifa's going to give them a tour of, of Wizards, which is going to be fun. And I'm probably going to play some magics with them. So, Just so I'm clear, is this part of the you're too busy and this is what making you complain, is that you had to hang out with a band that's coming to play magic? <laughs> uh, technically, no. I was emailing the band to say, oh, okay. hey, guys, this isn't why I want you to come in. All right. I just want to be clear on that. I want to make sure. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm looking forward to meeting them. And, and uh, I'm very, Yeah, they, I mean, they're, they're huge nerds. They're super fun. Uh, the lead singer is just all around just really enthusiastic guy. We taught him to draft at, at the Warped Tour. Yeah, and we're probably going to draft RTR with them tomorrow. I'm pretty excited to show them the office. Show them how to draft Celestia, clearly. <laughs> well, I'm not going to show them that, because then they'll be drafting it, too, and I'm going to cards. Right. Well, you show them by way of beating them. That's what I meant. Yes. Okay. Fair In the enough. way that only I can do, according to a lot of members on our brand team. Now, we're chatting away here. We're being incredibly rude because we have another voice in the booth with us. We have That's creative right. team member Doug Beyer. You guys are really rude, actually. It's totally, <laughs> it's totally, it's totally uncool. Totally yeah. throwing you off. Hi. Hi, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Welcome to the Daily MTG Podcast. Thank you for having me. You are our fourth guest. So top five. So, you know, I didn't quite make the top three, but... Well, but you're just right, right there. No, this is the right, no, this is the right time. You're yeah. still on top ten. So that's yes, that's right. Yeah. Screw you, all the people below me. I would have had you in sooner, <laughs> but, you know, there's this. as you said, this is the right time. This is important timing because a project you've been working on is coming out. That's right. Uh, I've been working on the official story of the Return to Ravnica block. Mm-hmm. The full story is a, is a novella. It's called The Secretist. Secretist talking about Jace. Secret, the secret is, is not really, it's not really clear who exactly the secretist uh, is. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe it is Jace. Jace is certainly a dealer in secrets. The word secretist <laughs> means someone who traffics in secrets. It's an old, obscure word. Nice. Uh, I like those words. The first part of the secretist is, is officially called Return to Ravnica, mm-hmm. and it releases November 27th. Now, you wrote this book. Yes. You, you, I mean, obviously, that's why we're talking to you, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I want to step back before we dive into the book. I want to talk about you. Uh, I wrote on our board of notes for the episode, Story of Doug. Story of Doug. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you are a kindred spirit. You joined Wizards through the web team originally. That's right. I was actually came on Wizards in 2000 as a web developer. Twelve years inside this building. That's right. Uh, they have never let me out since. <laughs> yes, I wish they would open a window. I, I had to get special clearance to lo- loosen your chain to bring you up here. No, I, I've been uh, yeah, I've been w- with Wizards for 12 years. Uh, came on as a web developer, worked on the, the Magic site originally, yep. wrote Flavor Text while I was a web developer, mm-hmm. been writing Flavor Text since, since uh, Odyssey. Wow. And I was I moved over to the creative team in 2006, so around si- the time of, uh, they were working on Planar Chaos at the time. 
Nice. So, obviously, you enjoy that. Yeah, I, no, <laughs> I've, I've been I've been playing Magic since Ice Age, which actually feels like a symbol of how old I've become <laughs> working on this brand. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very immersed in, in Magic, and I was really excited to tell this story. I was telling you earlier, I was doing my homework. Now, not only were, did you come in through the web team, your college degree is computer science, and then you got a master's in cognitive science for computer science? Or yeah. So, my, <laughs> yes, I, my undergrad was in philosophy and computer science. Okay. So I was really looking to make a lot of money. Um, <laughs> How did that work out? Um, I got a job here, so it worked out okay. <laughs> But actually, that, that, that's been a you know that's been useful background. My work on the creative team, we we build worlds every year. So you know, we're always asking deep, fundamental questions about how is some other way we can make this world different from last year. Right. Well, do you have a creative background in any other way? I had a lot of majors. Really, <laughs> I was I was also an English major for a while. I, I've done writing, you know, my whole life. So yeah, I mean, I've had I've been in and out of writing since the get go. I just haven't really had an easy time nailing down exactly what right. to study, but this job I've been able to use pretty much all of it. So that's good. All sections good. of your brain. Yes. Wizards is very good at doing that. Yeah. I mean, Jennifer, you write flavor text right now, right? Yeah. You, yeah. You've been helping out, and Doug, you oversee flavor text as part of your role in creative team. That's right. So. We've been taking some of uh, Jennifer's and, and actually Mike's submissions. It's, it's awesome. I've had the opportunity. I haven't had the time, so probably I'll it's, get in on that one day. But it is time consuming that we, we yeah. It, I'm excited to work on it over break when I actually have <laughs> you know full days to work on it instead yeah. of nighttime after work. So let's talk in your creative team roles. I mean, obviously, writing a novel isn't part of the day to day. Right. You know, this is a project you took on above and beyond your day to day roles in many ways. Right. My my main job is just making the magic cards. You know, I'm I'm a writer on the creative team. I'm also uh, a designer for for cards occasionally on development teams as well. Yeah, you led M13 design, right? That's right. The team and I are really excited about how M13 has been received. Uh, it was my first lead design, but I worked on core set design teams mm-hmm. several other times before that. Yeah, so I've been able to. Yeah, so my main job is mostly to focus on cranking out the cardboard. Making right. uh, awesome magic cards to go into sets and creating the worlds that go around them. Yeah. The creative team is one of those critical parts that, I mean, I know we focus on it through daily NTG content and the community is aware of it, but they aren't really, I don't, I don't get the feeling that a lot of them are aware of just how important it is. I mean, without this creative team, without the flavor, without the characters that are created, we would have chess pieces, you know, we would have, we would have horses and we would have towers that we call rooks and things right. like that. And with the creative teams, you know, wonderful overlay that goes over these mechanics that goes over this game we get these fanciful wonderful fleshed out worlds and these stories like the one that you wrote the secretist i really really think that the the creative layer is the bridge between the player and the mechanics it's it's what makes sense of what can sometimes be a complex game chess has flavor too but it, it and it tries to make sense of of this war on on a game board uh, Magic's trying to do a much harder job, yep. which is going to cross all these interactions across thousands of cards, and the creative is what helps helps that pill go down. It's yeah. what makes sense of this, all these interactions. Yep. One of the things about the creative aspect of Magic is that it struggles so hard to come through just on the cards. Like As we said, you get this snapshot, snapshot of the character, a piece of flavor text, and art. That's really where you have to draw the story from. And so we've done these things. We've done books before. We do the articles on Daily MTG. We do the Planeswalker's Guides to introduce new planes, and now we're going to try the novel again 
with this new strategy of the secretist ebook novel. Right. We've taken kind of a break on novels for a while. We've been we explored web comics for a while. We explored we've been exploring uh, uh, fiction on the web in Jenna Helen's column. And this is another experiment. We're, we're trying to go in a different direction this time. The Secretist is a three-part novella that's being released in ebook format. Right. So it's not going to be a printed, and you're not going to go into the store and buy it out off of shelves. It's going right. to be online. Right. This, this is something we're trying this just this time. So it's downloadable in three different pieces. The first part releases November 27th, and then the other two pieces will release sort of in correspondence with the sets. So Gate Crash and the third set. Which is now named, you can say. I think we have now released the name of <laughs> Dragon's Maze. Yep. Uh, will be the third part. And the... The Secretist tells the story of these three sets and what's going on with them. Right. So Jace is sort of the protagonist in this story. Yes. Jace is in a unique spot. If I don't know if you know, the, the Ravnica is in an interesting time right now. So yeah. for tens of thousands of years, the guilds were governed by this magically binding contract called the Guild Pact. Right. And that kept the guilds from destroying each other, essentially. You know, as, as we all know, the, the guilds... The ten different guilds have their own values, their own ethos, their own style of magic, their own creatures. They're all very proud of their own perspective, but they hate each other. <laughs> Imagine a world with ten political parties of equal power. These these millennia old institutions that all want they all want the best for Ravnica. They all have their own philosophy for the best way to run this city. But now imagine also if the city covered all the land masses of Earth. That this is a a plain wide, a plain plain spanning city. Right. But the Guild Pact has been dissolved, thanks to... That's what happened at the end of the first block. Right. So seven years ago, when, when we uh, visited Ravnica the first time, the end of that block w- ended with the dissolution, the shattering of the old Guild Pact. Guild Masters got in each other's faces, there was violence, there were, some people died. It was like the floor of Parliament. Right. Like they just threw it down. Was nasty. I mean, imagine the floor of Parliament if you had you know, trolls and dragons and magically... You know, driven kill spells. It would would be a nasty situation. So that's the situation that Jace is coming into. He's a planeswalker. He's from another world. He was not raised here. But he's uniquely qualified in this world. He he finds a kinship to this this plane. It's a world full of intrigue. The the guilds backstab and they they scheme and they're always trying to gain territory compared to the other ones. And something's going on. The Izzet in particular are up to something here right now. With the absence of the Guild Pact, there's nothing to prevent the guilds from getting a little, getting their hands dirty. They see the door open to enact their schemes right now. Right. They're not being withheld by this magical contract. Now is the time to act. Right. Again, Im- imagine if the ten political parties had no you know, rules of order that kept them in line. Right. What would they do? Well, they would do anything they wanted, and, they're, and they're, right now they're trying to. More than just political parties, it's more like ten countries sharing the same physical space. Yeah, that's, that's a good analogy. So yeah. they are uh, forced to live each o- with each other. They're all thrown in together. They're in each other's faces all the time. Right. And they cannot help wanting what the other has. It's just it's just the nature of right. of the guilds. And, and you know, it mirrors what the players are going through right now. There's, yeah. there's a you know, there's a race of Planeswalker points. There's a race of uh, guild pride on the line. Yeah. Every pre-release, everyone's trying to you know. <laughs> Outdo the other guild. That's exactly what Jace is walking into. Now, stepping back real quick, have you picked a guild? Let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> I should have asked this so we knew where we were off from the beginning. Sure. Uh, I So my cop-out answer <laughs> is that working on the creative team, I 
right for all the guilds. So I, I have to I have to get into the headspace of all of them. Absolutely. I do have a favorite though. I have a soft spot for the Golgari. The the Golgari I think of is the least squeamish of the guilds. <laughs> That's fair. They're kind of a combination of wanting the best for life on Ravnica, but also doing whatever it takes to ensure that it survives. Yeah. Including dealing with a lot of death. You, you and I are kindred spirits. I, I, sh- I should have known coming into this. I, I, I identify with Boros a fair bit, but I also have a deep love for Golgari. Uh, this is why we get along. Yep, yep. By the way, we should mention, if you haven't picked a guild yet, there's a whole, whole bunch of benefits for it. You know, we, we ask you to do this officially on PlaneswalkerPoints.com, which is where you can go to see how you're ranking up against players in your area and around the world. And you can you know choose a guild and be part of your guild, be part of... The guilds battle for the leaderboards that have dominance over you know all the other guilds, which are clearly not as good as your guild, right? Right, Mike. Hey, man. Look, some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> That's why I'm an is it. <laughs> that's fair. You know, we, we mentioned that the secretist is an experiment in many ways, and that's very is it like, you know. Oh, yeah. And so we said it's an ebook. Let's let's talk a little bit more about that aspect. You know, it's we're releasing it in three parts. The prices will vary by region, obviously, so we're not going to go into that details. But uh, it will only be available online, I believe, from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and there might be some other retailers. I'm not sure. About. Right. So we're, we're relying on people to really show us that this is something they're interested in. Don't, don't just you know, wait to hear about it. Right. If, if you want to see more stories for magic, this is, this is an awesome time to plug in, go get a copy of this, right. and, and you know, start following along. I feel like this is particularly exciting because I know a lot of people, their favorite plane to be on is Ravnica, and this is exploring that. And then on top of that, Jace is one of the most popular planeswalkers, if not the most popular planeswalker. And it's combining these two things that our community love into one great experience. It's the peanut butter and chocolate. I mean, let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. just, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> it, I, I was super excited to, to tell this story. Uh, right. we, we were not originally going to, to put out the official story for this block, but I'm in love with the setting. I think Jace is the perfect protagonist here. He's a mind mage. He, he can read people's minds. He's right. clever and he's curious, and he's in the middle of, uh, of an ancient <laughs> conspiracy that its whole plane is riddled with secrets. I think you know, this, is, this is a perfect spot. Yeah. I feel sort of like the, you know, this is like a grown-up podcast. I got an early edition of the story, so I was able to read ahead. <laughs> and I have to say, you know, in the first ten pages, I was hooked. And it was really interesting to me, you know, as you said, the setting, how you can draw it, being a magic player, not needing the robust descriptions. I just immediately go, okay, I know where you are. I know what we're talking about. I understand the setting. Okay, I know the, who these guilds are. But at the same time, it's still approachable by the players who don't necessarily have this deep, entrenched knowledge of the, the plane of Ravnica. Right. My, my target is really anybody who loves fantasy and who, who might be interested in sort of a cool spy story set on this city plane. But if you're a magic player, you know, there's going to be some sort of extra bonuses for you. I mean, there, there's definitely some Easter eggs embedded in, even just in the first part, that will play out later in the block, including characters that might show up as cards later and... You know, details that you wouldn't otherwise know this right. far in advance if you check out the story. Yeah. One more time or one more note about the ebook thing is just to be clear, you don't have to have a Kindle, you don't have to have a Nook, you don't have to have an iPad to read ebooks. That's right. I mean, I love me some physical books. I, I love uh, paging through actual pages, but this, I also love my Kindle. I read books on my phone. Yep. You, you can, you know, if you buy an ebook through Amazon, you can download their free Kindle app for any platform, that, yep. you know, if you have any kind of computing device in the world. And also we should note that there is going to be a, a free excerpt of the book on the website. That's so right. you can get the first opening pages of this and, and get drawn in. The first hit's free, kids. Yes, you know? it's, it's free. I mean, this is, you know, 
we're, not, we're no idiots here. <laughs> we know you, you want to, to take a taste before you, you dive in. And yes, you'll be able to read uh, the first the sort of the intro to the story. So we've jumped sort of all over. We've jumped onto ebook. We've jumped off of ebook. We jumped onto Jace and Ravnica, all that sort of stuff. Let's let's talk about Jace's story leading up to Ravnica. Sure. You know, we, we've seen Jace hunt down mysteries to pretty much wherever he goes. Right. Um, in the webcomic, he's hunting down the origins of this strange scroll that Chandra finds. On uh, Zendikar, he's investigating the Eye of Ugin. In Agents of Artifice, he's, he's investigating... Uh, Tezzeret actually spends a lot of time in Agents of Artifice on Ravnica right. investigating the massive interplanar organization called the Infinite Consortium. So he's, he, wherever he goes, he's smart enough to get himself into trouble, not always clever enough to get himself out. The last time we saw Ravnica, in fact, was in Agents of Artifice, and the guilds were in a kind of a sorry state. Uh, with the guild pack gone, there was, you know, public sentiment had been turning against the guilds. But they, they really, you know, they're an institution on Ravnica. They, they're built into the DNA of, of Ravnica. They, we, this world cannot get away from its guilds. So they're on their way back. But again, they're, they're unrestrained by the guild pact right now. They, there's nothing stopping them from massive power grabs, from, right. from taking advantage of any edge they can find and using it to the detriment of Ravnicans, really. So, right. Jay, you know, that's what Jace's decision has to be here. How much is he willing to sacrifice to stop the guilds from destroying each other. Part of that free, the free segment you can read on the, the, the book, let's, or read, read on the website, it opens the story with Jace is investigating this mystery. You know? Right. There's this, this ancient code. Right. He's, he's looking a little, you know, he's looking into things that take him into some of uh, Ravnica's deep history. Mm-hmm. He's having to look in down into the Undercity. He's having to... Uh, scan places where the is it are running experiments. He's finding patterns that intrigue him. And again, he's he's curious. He's clever. He's blue aligned, right? Right. It might be in his best interest to just take off. I mean, he's a planeswalker. He like like any planeswalker. In, in a lot of situations, they could just leave. They could just not involve themselves in this. Right. In what's going on in this plane, especially if it's dangerous to him. But he can't help himself. Right. He he has to know. He has to know. That's a secret say, he doesn't yeah. know. Jace, one of those guys where you're like, hey, Jace was beaten up because he went where he wasn't supposed to. And everyone would be like, the shock is where. Right. Yes, exactly. We know, uh, we know exactly right. why. That's exactly him. <laughs> he, he gets in over his head every time he gets in hot water with Nicol Bolas. He, he dates Liliana Vess. I mean, he's certainly drawn to danger. Right. And this, this story <laughs> is the same situation. Right. Well, and the guilds are so interesting in general, like the different cultures and all of that, that anybody who has an interest in exploring... Right. Anyone would get drawn into this. Yeah. It's not yeah. just Jace's over-curiosity. I think I think that's absolutely true. And that's true of the players, too. Like, they get drawn into Ravnica in the same way. Right. Imagine if there was a mystery in Return to Ravnica that they had to, you know, discover. That's right. I mean, part of also with Jace as this character is, is that we've seen him and we've followed him for so long. It's really interesting for us to finally get this fully fleshed out story around him. Because, I mean, he's sort of this character that I think the community ha- has an image of, but they also have, I think, a shallow image of him. They don't, they, they haven't gotten to see this mental drive, except for those who have read Agents of Artifice and followed him on the webcomics. And so this is another opportunity for players to really get to know the real Jace. Right. It, as you, you mentioned before about how it's tough to get across deep story on a card in a card game. Right. We have no way to control in what order, for example, the cards come out of a booster pack. Right. So even if we were to, you know, spread sentences of a of a chronological story across cards, we have no way of actually like 
helping the players piece that all together. Right. So we get, yeah, we do get a superficial view of what's going on in, in a world or with a certain character uh, through the card game. So that's why we're, we, we want this venue to, to tell the deeper story, to go a little bit into Jace's motivations, to, to watch him get himself in trouble and see how he gets out of it, if he does. When players do happen to see flavor text that talks about another card or, you know, cards that reference each other, they lose their minds. And I love seeing stuff like that. Like on Reddit, people are like, OMG, just saw this for the first time. And they'll put two separate cards next to each other that reference each other, right. you know. And so it's one of those things that once that happens, players want to know more. And then the thread will just get crazy about people that will start, you know, theorizing and wanting to know more about these stories. And so even though we can't control the way the cards are put into the packs... When it's found by the community, it's something they they really latch on to. Yeah, and we're exactly the same kind of fan as that. We we love seeing that, and so that's why we we want to you know bury these these nuggets in there. We right. want we want them to be found. We want you know we're excited for the secret to be revealed. So yeah. we we want that moment to happen over and over again in Magic. So when you just sat down and said, you know what, I'm going to write this story. How much of this story was? in your head already like did you already have the, fl- the the rough skeleton or did you sort of like okay i have half the bridge i just have to finish it to figure out where it's going to go there so pieces of it were definitely in place so we have a, a plan for what happens uh, during dragon's maze and that was uh it's kind of the culmination of this block and we're we're very excited about it and i was obsessed with this story and i wanted to know i kept asking questions how does ravnica end up there how does right. jace how is Jace involved in all of that? Like you do you know, in, during my commute or in the shower. I was still thinking about this, about the details of the story. And at some point, I just, I just asked people around here. I said, I, I, think, I think I have to tell this story. Is, is, is there going to be anything in my way if I just write this down? Because I think I'm going to be doing this anyway. Right. <laughs> people, people were excited about it. And, and, you know, this is something we've not tried before, but the story wanted to get out there. Yeah. So. Yeah. I have visions of if you hadn't been allowed to write it, we would come down in your cube, we'd just be called, covered in scrawl, right. scratches on the wall. Well, have you seen his cube? <laughs> yes, exactly. No, exactly. I it's haven't come- been down there. <laughs> don't come down. <laughs> when you were writing this, I'm curious. Like, I mean, I don't do a lot of, of uh, fiction writing, but when I do, often my characters do things I don't intend them to do. Did that happen to you while you were writing this? Oh, never. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, Jace is uh, a very squirrely character. Yeah. <laughs> he is... I've been thinking of in terms of how do you write a character who's smarter than you are? And I, the, the answer that I've come down to is he comes up with things in seconds that takes me weeks to figure out. Right. So he stuff that's coming off the top of his head, I have tried to you know figure out over the past or over the you know a month, and it takes you know I've finally reasoned out everything that's going on, and that's when it hits Jace. Right. So yeah, he he definitely goes in in zigzag directions that I would not have plan for him you know he has messed up my outline many times (laughs) and you know i'm on outline version seven or whatever we should get richard witters to draw a picture of you on your desk with jace looking up at you and just you guys having this stare off right battle of wills who's gonna win little sweat drops coming off (laughs) of my head jace is a genius smarter than me by your own admission he's smarter than you he's smarter he's smarter than i am i I get the privilege of interpreting how he would react though i I, I feel like i get the the vibe i mean like you were saying before Everybody can get into the mode of wanting to delve into mysteries. He is the perfect candidate. He yeah. can read people's minds. He's a mind mate. We <laughs> give him powers that allow him to look into, you know, imagine if you were conducting an investigation and you just got to read the mind of the perp. It's, Real fair. Yeah, it's not. It's totally, un, it's totally overpowered, frankly. And uh, it lets him get deeper and deeper 
in the course of part one, he will definitely read the mind of someone he should not have read the mind of. Yeah. So it's it's awesome for me to be able to relate to how you're talking about when you felt the story sort of coming out of you, because I can relate to that as a novelist myself. It's inspiring to hear how magic has affected you in that way, because magic is a big part of my life, and then writing is a big part of my life, and I haven't really had many opportunities to mix those two, and lately I've been doing a little bit of work with your team, uh, and it's interesting to have those two passions in my life come together, and awesome to hear about how you got to the point now where you can't even stop it. Right. It just it just <laughs> came to you and turned into this novella, and I'm, I haven't had the chance to read it yet, but I'm excited to do that to see uh, what I, the future could be. Yeah. Trick, Trick already humble brag and said he got an early copy. That's so. right. Like, That's right. Well, I, I needed it for research. Yeah. It's part of my job. It's, you get to meet with bands, I get to read books early. It's Rough life. Right. Yeah. yeah, I actually did have an early copy. See? I had well, to review it for other stuff. <laughs> trying for some saving grace here, and no... <laughs> So, The Secretist, Part 1, Return to Ravnica, available online November 27th. Definitely check it out. I want to talk, Doug, about your favorite story in Magic, beyond this opulent, obviously. Like, let's talk about before, let's talk pre-Planeswalkers, you know. What set, what story really resonated with you, both while you were here and before you were here? Sure. Uh, so, my, my early, some of my earliest Magic memories... Back in the day. Back in the day. Mid-90s. <laughs> we were all so young. You guys weren't born. Uh, <laughs> I was born. <laughs> you were born. Mike was born. Jennifer, she was born too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I did double Just check. barely. Counting on my fingers. <laughs> uh, so some of the first exposure I got to magic was Fallen Empires. And that was, uh, it wove this, this tapestry that was intriguing to me. I, it wasn't just playing the game. I, I was obsessed with the game immediately. In fact, I was taught magic by a guy you might know, Mark Purvis, who works on the brand team now. But, uh, yeah, so Mark and I go back way back, and he showed off this game. We, we, were, we were gamers, and this sort of took over our lives a little bit. <laughs> and in particular, hearing all these, you know, these weird tales of, again, the cards sort of are tantalizing that way. They don't give you the full picture. Right. They give you enough so that you feel like there's something going on behind them, but you don't, you know, you don't get the whole picture. So uh, that was really the first sense of magic story that, that grabbed me. Yeah. So Fallen Empires is where you really really got fell in love with the story. Right. Yeah. I, I, I started right around the same time you guys did, actually. I, I, my first week was the week Ice Age was released. So I remember my friend, it took me to the store, and the guy literally was setting boxes of Ice Age out. I was like, well, I guess I will take some of these, and I'll take some of the Fallen Empires, and I'll take some of Chronicles, and all of that sort of stuff. You get the glimpses of these storylines that at that time weren't really presented in any other way. Right. And so you were left to yourself and left to what you could find in magazines and in discussions with friends to put this all together. And so now we've reached this age where we're putting out more. We're putting out stories online. We're putting out stories uh, in better ways on cards with better flavor text or I'm sorry. I shouldn't say better flavor text, but... You know. Oh, it's better. It's better. <laughs> uh, different art, all these sort of things. A better process. That's where I was actually trying to get to, was the better processes behind these. And it still resonates with us in the same way, even though we're inside the building. One of my favorite things is when I joined the company and got to see, you know, we have these slideshows where we sort of review tech, uh, review cards before they go out the door. R&D, a lot of them read flavor text first because that's what they're, that, that's what's new to them. That's what they want to go, oh, that's how they're, they're doing this. That's who this character is. That's what this card has turned into. 
So even for the guys who are the most entrenched, most elbow deep in the muck that is magic R&D, Flavor Texas will grab them. It is the dimension beyond the, the card. We, like, we talked a lot about the card being a snapshot. We see one still image of something intriguing going on in some fantasy world. And you can, you can use the power and toughness, and you can use the mana cost to get a little sense of what's going on. You get the rules text and name a little bit. Uh, the flavor text is really, when there's room for it, the key that like I feel like you can look through the card a little bit. It's a window. It actually like you know you can hold it up and you can see through this hole to the multiverse and see, right. see what's going on. I remember when Innistrad came out. It was the first time that I really felt flooded with the flavor and this yeah. like excitement to see the horror aspects come out. And I remember it was like the first set that I really sat down and actually went through my cards reading all the flavor text because I just wanted more. Right. Like I loved Innistrad, and a large part of that had to do with the story. Mike, when did that grab you? Ooh, that's a good question. I'd probably say, because I've been playing since, since Alpha. In Alpha? No, I think Legends. Legends didn't have a ton of flavor text, but I've got such a nostalgic feel for Legends that, like... You know, there's certain characters that just have these mountains of flavor text. I think Deck and Blackblade, like, it's got some good flavor text. And it's just one of the things where it's like, you got the real, you got, you got the feel of these characters back then. And again, yeah. there wasn't any stories, but it was like, that little snippet of flavor text told you who these characters were. Right. Deck is a great example, actually. Sorry. I feel that way about Kessig Cagebreakers. Mm-hmm. That card, I feel like, tells a whole story, like, by itself. Yeah. Dakin did tell a story that ended up coming back in the uh, the Time Spiral block with Corlash, heir of Blackblade, because of the, the sword became this item that players were obsessed with this character, Dakin Blackblade. And so uh, it's a great example of one where players really did resonate with that story. Right. Ma- magic is, you know, has a deep enough history now that we can start to refer to our own stories at this point. I, I was in the building when Ravnica came out. Right. Uh, but I could still tell it was a high point for awesome magic settings <laughs> and everyone always the qu- first question everyone always asked us was when we're going back to Ravnica and we don't really talk about future sets but we know what you mean right. <laughs> you know we were excited to go back there too it was just a matter of time really yep. I, I was I saw the I, I wrote flavor text for the first Ravnica block I was you know involved with the, the setting from the from the get go I was not yet on the creative team so I was not doing world building right. uh, but um, I contributed words so I was already excited about this this world. This, you know, certainly a, a favorite of mine. So when we're coming back to it, this is the chance for us to again go a, l- a level deeper into what magic. What, one of the things that magic does best, which I think is generating these amazing deep settings. Right. Are there a lot of references between the original Ravnica and uh, Return to Ravnica in the flavor text? There's a lot of overlap in the, in the in the flavor. So in the story, a lot a lot of. Guildmasters died, actually. So <laughs> we we brought back some who who survived the, the bloodbath, but um, uh, and you'll see cards for some of these. I mean, you've already seen Nivmizit, for example. But there's been a changing of the guards in, in a lot of the leadership for a lot of the guilds. But you will see correspondences to references to locations or characters from the original block, and certainly the guilds uh, are still soaked in their own identities. They are right. they're you know we're, we're delivering on them uh, as much or or more than they did in the first first go round. We had an article by Adam Lee on Daily MPG several months ago that really did talk about the, you know this turnover in guild leadership. You know, we called out you know as you said at the very beginning of this podcast, not having the guild pact holding them back anymore. It got bloody. It got it got brutal. There, there was no holds barred. It was you know I want to rule this plane. My guild wants to rule this plane. And 
So what, you know, why not Savra? What we loved the art for Savra. We love the character of Savra. Well, she's she's dead. I'm sorry. Her, right. her brother Gerard <laughs> is uh, is in charge now. Yeah, like we said, it's going to be bloody. It's going to be brutal. And Gerard comes out on top for for Golgari. Gol, Golgari. Suddenly I, was, suddenly, I was questioning my pronunciation. <laughs> it just happens when you hear it said out loud in a recording. says Golgari. Yeah. I don't know if that's just a, like a regional thing, though. Doug, settle uh, this one. It's, it's definitely Golgari. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. If you know, if you so want to, Ryan Spain is wrong. If you're from the southern He's... region of Rapid, <laughs> right? It's a dialect thing. Actually, that brings up a question about creative in general. I'm sure you guys discuss these words that you come up with and places that you come up with. Do you always all agree on how it's pronounced? And then how much does it bother you when the community pronounces it so wrong? So most of the time, we do try to nail it down, yes. We, we try to figure out exactly. And we try to spell creatively such that it's not going to be ambiguous when possible. You know, so, you know, we, we, we know that it's not, you know, people have different impulses when they look at the same batch of letters. It is English. Um, it, it, most of the time it's English, but we, we play a lot with, you know, influences from other languages Ravnica is sort of uh, has kind of uh, Czech roots. It, we think of it as kind of like uh, medieval Prague on steroids. Um, <laughs> so it, it taps into a little bit of old, you know, Czech pronunciations. You get the S Z and stuff like Shadek. Um, no one knows how to pronounce Shadek. I just learned how to pronounce. <laughs> I don't speak Czech, but we, you know, we, we give our we give it our best shot. Certainly, it happens when players come up with different pronunciations than than we would have. And you know that that's fine. It is <laughs> it, make the game your own. Pronounce it however it is experienced to you. It is what the community makes it. You right. know, I mean, we we know where we start things, but a lot of what we do is about sort of setting the fire starter and letting the community go with it as they will. Is right. it Garrick or Garuk? <laughs> I've I've heard Garuk as well. Um, <laughs> I say Garrick. Oh, me too. Yes. I, I, I think of, I think of the. <laughs> ARR is being similar to the ARR and barrel, so Garrick and barrel. So, not not everybody agrees with me on that one, but I, that's that's how I think of it. You're all, you have the microphone, so you're right. <laughs> it's Garrick. Now, now is it Planeswalker or Planeswalker? Planeswalker. <laughs> we've talked about our creative stories, talked about where we've come from. We've talked about you know what drives us from the story, and we talked about. This particular obsession that rose in you that such that it had to be written down, and Wizards was able to say, "Yes, let's try this. Let's do something new." It's the three-part ebook coming on November twenty-seventh, the Secretist Part One, Return to Ravnica, featuring everyone's favorite planeswalker Jace, and of course the mysteries of everyone's favorite plane, Ravnica. How is this not a blockbuster movie in the making? <laughs> uh, Hollywood, I'm taking calls. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely check it out online have the excerpt here on Daily MTG as well as on the various stores where the book is available. We'll have links to it from the site as well, so be sure to keep your eye out for those. And just a second reminder, now that we're coming on a close to you listening to us, go on to planeswalkerpoints.com and officially choose your guild if right. you have not already. What we did for Return to Ravnica, we're going to do for Gatecrash. There's going to be a new achievements, there's going to be new badges, there's going to be a, the, the guild race on planeswalkerpoints.com will continue on. And, of course, get your copy of The Secretist. Doug, thank you so much. I mean, you're a busy guy. The creative team is a busy team, and I appreciate you taking this time to sit down and record with us and and talk about this project. Thanks so much for having me. Mike, Tifa, you guys guys happy? 
Yeah. yeah. Feel good about this episode? Absolutely. I don't I don't want to hear negative criticism from you after this. <laughs> Ever again. Ever again. This Ever is again. Sucked. I don't think it's our feedback we've got to worry about. We've got to worry about the community's feedback. The community should give us feedback. How, do, how do they do that, Mike? Uh, you can tweet at us, because that's probably the easiest thing, because we are all glued to our phones most of the time. Yep. Well, you are. Yeah. I am so, so tweeting at us is probably the best way to give us feedback about the Daily MPG podcast. You can also email me. Uh, if you find me on Daily MTG, there's a link at the bottom of the page, and we'll have this link in the page, the show notes for this episode, where you can click here to give me feedback on this podcast. We're eager to hear your feedback. This is only the fifth episode, so we're still ironing out the kinks, getting the system up and running, and you know, defining what this podcast is going to be. Yeah, I've been enjoying all the tweets that we've been getting. Yeah. I am TrickMTG on Twitter. At Tifa Mayan. At Michael Robles. Doug, you, you don't have Twitter. That's okay, though. We still like you. I, I keep my, my Twitter life separate from my magic <laughs> life. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. a good plan. <laughs> well, like I said, thanks again. Thanks to you guys for listening in, and we will see you all in two weeks. Mm-hmm.